Welcome in to Defeating the Curse, DTC, Defeated the Curse, Defending the Cup, or whatever you want to call us today. It's been a while, but we're back, folks. We've been covering all things NFL free agency, specifically the Redskins, but we'll have to touch on Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, because we just have to. We, we have to talk about them. We'll have upcoming shows on all things Caps and their win streak, the Wizards and their up-and-down season, probably mostly down. A preview of the Nats season without Bryce Harper, which, you know, good riddance, Bryce. Um, but today we, we have to talk all things Redskins and NFL free agency. Joining me on the pod today is FP. FP, I know you love DC quarterback, so let's start with that. Skins brought in Case Keenum. They literally traded a bag of potato chips and made the Broncos pay for half that bag of potato chips. But no, really, they swapped a sixth and seventh round pick. Um, and the real kicker is Denver is paying half of his salary this year. From a pure contract perspective, I don't think you can hate this move. From a you know competition at every position, I don't think you can hate this move. But personally, I will hate this move if this is the only move that the Redskins make at quarterback. What do you think? <laughs> uh, good old DTC where you ask me a question and I have to wait for a, another four minutes to answer. I thought you're, you're just going to jump right into it. I thought we were going to talk. You know, you and I haven't been on the show for a while. Joe did his own, his first solo show. I mean, come on. It's it's nice to be back, man. Just going to jump we right just, into we business. We just get, get to the chase, man. Oh, I mean, man. We, we, we all got busy lives. We don't have time for this, you know, back and <laughs> forth stuff. Clearly, you're, you're on a tight schedule these days. No, but the, the Case Keenum trade, uh, I was excited for it. Uh, you got more excited when you realized the amount that you were paying. So swapping a six and a seven in next year's draft and only paying 3.5 million for essentially a Colt McCoy that can play the whole season. That's how I'm going to look at case Keenum right now. So he, he showed what he can do with weapons around him and with a competent offensive coordinator and, and an offensive scheme when he was with Minnesota and honestly the the troubles that Denver had I would put it, I wouldn't really put that on case so I'm excited to see what he can do but what I'm more excited about is that this front office now doesn't really have to play the waiting game for Rosen doesn't really have to play um sort of a bidding war or or scare the fans about what they're going to do with their picks with another quarterback because right now with getting Case and with the moves that we've made so far, and we can go into it a little bit, but you have Landon Collins, you lose Preston Smith, you do a lot of things on the defensive side of the ball. Right now you see that the picks are going to be used to plug holes and not necessarily answer the quarterback question. If anything, I think that quarterback question will be delayed until next year now. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, Case Keenum, I think at this at this point, he's, what, 31 years old? I think he is what he is, right? And he's not going to be the, the type of guy who's going to put the team on their back. But I don't know if the Redskins really are looking for that. Um, but it, he's also not, not the franchise quarterback. Like, he's not going to be here past probably this year or maybe two years, three years, whatever it is. He's not the long-term solution. Oh, absolutely so, not. So are they basically kicking the can down the road? When you have an opportunity to go out and get a Rosen, even if you give up your 15th overall pick to get a Rosen, someone who's on a rookie contract, who total is going to cost you $6 million in salary cap over the next three years, 
when you still have Alex Smith on the books? Or, you know, th- does that even make sense? So, I, I, like I said, because of the contract, I can't hate the move. But if if there is no rookie or a, a person with a rookie contract on this roster come, you know, the day after the draft, then I, I think I will have an issue with this move because we know what Colt, Colt McCoy can do, and we know that it's not more than three games. And essentially, we kind of know what Case Keenum can do. Other than okay, that... But you, you can't I mean, really know what Case is going to do because he has the the six-win season, and then he has that one shining moment where they get to the championship. Um, and I, I do think a quarterback will be taken in the draft. So obviously a lot of it depends on Arizona and what they do with Rosen and Murray and all that crap. Um, but I do think we take uh, a quarterback. And, and I was telling you earlier, I think right now the the way you go about that draft is it, after losing Preston, it, it's kind of a done deal. You need to go pass rush first. And then you do maybe a big body receiver or guard, maybe swap those in the order, depending on what the draft dictates. And then you focus on another position of need, right? So you could look at cornerback. That's where you could look at a a developmental quarterback like Will Greer or somebody like that. Um, But you don't necessarily have to worry about that front half of the draft being about a quarterback. If Rosen falls into your lap for a second or, or one of your two thirds or whatever, sure, Go ahead, get Rosen. I everyone's on board with that. But the good thing here is, Case gives you the the ability now. He's the reason we got Landon Collins, right? He's the reason that for whatever the next move is going to be, that move happens because we don't have to play waiting game, and you can have Eric Schaefer and essentially Bruce Allen know what their budget is, how to structure contact contracts up front with signing bonuses or whatever, and go get big blue chip free agent players and make something happen. But if you don't get case and then you have to kind of hold and wait and figure out what you need to do with your draft picks, that throws your entire free agency kind of in a handicap. So I'm happy that that's not the situation that we're currently right. in. And, and it's for essentially nothing, right? Right. It, that, it was, that's the, nothing. that's the, the key point that like makes this okay. Because if it was a, a 10 or $11 million contract, then, you know, that, although that's not a lot, but, that's you know that's what an, uh, maybe a middle linebacker is going to cost you, right? So that, that, that makes that makes a difference. <laughs> oh, oh, don't even talk about his contract. I mean, that, oh my goodness. Well, well, talking about oh my goodness contracts, everybody. So we got Landon Collins from the Giants, right? We mentioned it a little bit. Everybody's initial reaction was same old Redskins resetting the market, uh, overpaying for a, a devalued position for a a strong safety that only knows how to tackle, can't cover. But then when you look at the breakdown of the contract, it was genius. It was genius by Eric Schaefer. And the more that everybody looks at the breakdown of this contract, the more that everybody's kind of in shock that the Redskins sort of did something right, I guess. Because you're essentially, you're doing what? You're doing, you're paying $1 million this year. You got like a $4 million cap hit or something. And then a lot of that, three-year, $45 million guaranteed is kind of spread out in bonuses. You're never really paying too much at one time. So, Yeah, I mean, you, you are, I think, in years, you know, past the next few years, but the salary cap is going to be like 200, exactly. $200 million at that point, so it's really nothing. And if you actually think about it, Landon Collins got the same average, annual average value as uh, Tyron Matthew, right? And 
I'd take Lyndon Collins 10 out of 10 times over Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I mean, Honey Badger is good, but we suck at tackling. And if you can shore up tackling any way you can, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, Honey Badger went to Houston for a one-year deal last year, and I think he was getting paid like less than $10 million. So he bet on himself, and he actually you know, kind of struck gold. But give me Landon Collins any day, man. And, and speaking of Landon Collins, what's insane is how many safeties has Sean Taylor attracted to this team? You know, since the unfortunate passing of him, you have the DJ Swearinger. Like, there's been so many of them who, you know, they looked up to Sean and they, they wanted um, him well, to come. So that's, what that's I heard a generational was, thing now. But, but what I heard was Landon actually had like offers that could have been more elsewhere, but really wanted to play for the Redskins. I do. Of his legacy, I do believe. Sean Taylor I, legacy. I do believe that played a role in it because not only Sean Taylor, but he also went ahead and said he liked Clinton Portis and he was a fan. Like, he wanted to be a Redskin. And and you're going to get a lot of generational players, especially the safeties coming up. They they all watched the, the Sean Taylor YouTube videos, right? Like, that's the, the generation we're dealing with now. So, of course, they're all going to be rocking 21. They're all going to be rocking 36. They're all going to have the, the, the idol that is Sean Taylor that they look forward to. Um, but I do believe that Collins not necessarily took a lesser offer to come here. Um, but was more accepting of the way we structured his contract. And he was like, you know what? All in all, I'll, I'll do whatever so I can come play on this franchise and, and, and kind of follow my idol. And, and I love it. I love the move entirely. And, I mean, roll tide skins right in the middle, man. Like that middle of the defense is Alabama red, crimson red. And you got to love it. I mean, you're essentially – you are the, the Alabama roll tide and, and you have to hope that opposing offenses don't just run on the outside of us because that's where our glaring weaknesses are now. Uh, yeah, but, but you shore up that, that inside linebacker and they can go east and west, right? And, and really that was, that was one of the uh, strong points of uh, Zach Brown and with his speed and being able to go east and west and C.J. Mosley getting the 5 for 85 – that Zach Brown contract makes you think again. And then what I wonder is if, if the Redskins are saying, you know what, maybe we can make do with Zach Brown and Mason Foster and Sean Dion Hamilton and Reuben Foster, right? Maybe those four players can can shuffle or can, you know, um, rotate in and out and they can make do with those. Well, um, those I, those two, the two names specifically would be Zach Brown and Reuben Foster. So, the fallout from the Reuben Foster thing, we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. But right now, seeing what C.J. Mosley and some of these other defensive players, the, the kind of salary that they're commanding, I'm okay with the fallout that came and left already. So if, if you're a GM and your fallout is, is a little bit for a non-football-related issue, it's almost now worth it to take that fallout and save over the, the insane contracts that are happening. So I like the Reuben Foster thing. Um, and then Zach Brown, CJ Mosley is getting 17 million a year. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's getting double what Zach Brown and Ruben Foster are getting combined. Do you understand that? Is he the best inside linebacker in the NFL? No, no, he's not not at all. I think pro football focus had Zach Brown at four and CJ Mosley at like 42 or something last year. It's something insane, but I mean, that's you, you also have to look at it. So like cap market value and percentage that he's taking up, he's essentially what 
Luke Keekley was in 2015, or maybe like a million dollars more than what Luke Keekley got uh, in 2015. But he doesn't play anywhere near Luke Keekley's talent level. So yeah, but he also he went to the Jets, and I think the Jets had like 80 million in, they, in cap they're space. They're blowing so. their money. They yeah. took they took Crowder from us, right? They did. So Crowder is actually the. I'm reading this correctly. He's the second highest paid wide receiver that's been signed in this free agency, second to Devin Funches. He's getting $9.5 million a year um, for a guy Bum hasn't who hasn't done anything for two years. He's pretty much been injured for the past two years. I think he had four touchdowns. Um, yeah, 300-something yards last year. So the thing with, with Crowder is that he definitely always had the potential, and he was – you know, he, he could go to a system like if he went to New England uh, and really be a star over there if he could stay healthy. But I mean, as, he's, a number, as the number one, which, which he was here in Washington the past two years since Pierre and Deshaun has, have left. And P. Rich got hurt. Yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, he's, he's not that dynamic of a player. So I think, I think it was the right move to let him go. I, absolutely. I mean— Plus, you, you saw enough from Trey Quinn last year when he was healthy, and your hope is he'll be able to play an entire season this year because he gave you enough that you didn't necessarily miss Crowder. Um, but I, more, I, would, I wouldn't rely on Trey Quinn too much. I mean, he was literally the last pick in the draft. Um, he did nothing last year. He was a preseason hero. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't rely, rely on him, on but him. he, like I said, he showed enough, right? I mean, you're still going to have hopefully a, a healthy Jordan Reed, whatever that gives us this year. Um, you'll see what Geis can give you. We still have to see if we bring back Adrian Peterson. You still have to see if Chris Thompson can can essentially get over the hurdle of his of last year, which was just constant rehab. Um, and then you still have Paul Richardson, who ho- hopefully is 100% now. Um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about slot. And I also think that you should put Doxon in at slot because somehow he went from vertical threat to possession receiver over the course of the last two years. And he, and he's better ripping those balls away over the middle somehow. I don't know w- how he converted into that, but that's his strength at this point. Honestly, I, I think I'm really concerned about this receiving core. I think Doxon he is who he is at this point, and I don't think he's going to be anything. I don't even think he's going to be an average receiver. I think he's going to be a below-average receiver. I don't think he'll ever break out. I don't think he'll ever stay healthy. Um, I mean, I mean it, he's essentially one step away from uh, Malcolm Kelly. Fair game, but I mean, you can also be almost positive that one of our first two picks will most likely be a receiver. So either you're going to take a, an edge rusher first overall, or you're going to take – DK Metcalf or some monster of a vertical threat downfield receiver and that can just blow off the blow the tops off defenses. My problem is what gives you any confidence that we'd be able to pick the right receiver? Because in, in previous drafts we haven't. We, we Yeah, but uh, haven't but a lot of those close. receivers were McLuhan receivers. When's the last time we took a receiver that w- did we take a receiver after McLuhan left? I don't think we did. Sims maybe. Yeah, Sims was undrafted. I, right. you're, you're probably right. Oh, I guess Trey Quinn. I mean, okay. But I mean, honestly, he's shown more to me, more flashes to me than Doxon has. 
Let me go through some of these free agent uh, receivers, and you let me know if uh, you're interested in any of them. Demarius Thomas. Nope. Randall Cobb. Possibly. Dante Moncrief. No. I'm intrigued by Moncrief. Eh. He's only 26 years old. Eh. Pierre, Gar- Pierre Garçon. No. Michael Crabtree. No. No. Tavon Austin. No. Golden Tate. He's not going to come here. <laughs> Why not? He's okay. not going to come here. Ryan Grant. Bring him back. No. Jermaine Curse, Terrence Williams, Cordell Patterson, Kevin White, Mike Wallace, Chris Hogan, Terrell Williams. Terrell Williams would, is an intriguing prospect. I would take I would take a Chris Hogan, but he's he's not a brother, so I don't know how fast he's gonna be. And he's also thirty years old. Terrell Williams is is an intriguing prospect from the Chargers. Twenty seven. He hasn't hit his prime yet. He had a pretty good year last year. Uh, Cody Lattimore, Philip Dorsett, Martavis Bryant. And a bunch of just the Jags, Darius Hayward Bay. But the thing is, none of these people to me deserve con- like the contracts they're going to command. And I would uh, rather. And just I don't think any of, of these people are going to be commanding large contracts. It doesn't matter. They're going to be commanding more than a rookie salary. And that's why I would rather just work with what you have, go get, go draft a rookie, and, and hope it works out. I want to mention, because I am who I am, we lost Ty and Seki today. Which all of a sudden you are very very thin at tackle on that O line. You already have to address. No, 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 no. But they drafted Jerron Christian in the third round last year. I mean, okay. After a full year, he should he as a third round prospect, he should be ready to step in. Right. But how many times did you see Christian and Inseki in? You're we're very thin on O line. That's true. It, and it's scary because Ty Inseki. I mean, you and I were saying it constantly. He was he was your best backup swing lineman and and he saved he could, our asses a lot yeah he could play pretty much any position on the line he got a two-year 14 million dollar contract so seven a year i mean I'm, was, I'm happy for inseki yeah i mean what a story the guy was playing in the what arena league yeah until he was like 30 years old or something like that yep yeah so that's good for him i guess you still i mean you need to address guard first and foremost um and you would assume you need to address multiple guards. You need to to bring somebody no, in and then bring up backups. No, I would go stud left guard before I even worried about backup because you still have Ari Quanjo, so he could be your backup. But Ari Quanjo, I think. Or what was we his injury? Haven't, we haven't lost him. I don't know. Knowing him, it was but, Inko but and X. He just got married, so congrats to him. But he was cut two years ago, so and he wasn't picked up by anybody. Uh, yeah, but if another, he, he's another jag. If he could just be your backup, that's what I'm saying. I would rather get a solid backup for Trent or Morgan because you know Morgan Moses, even though he's uh, like a soldier and he's not going to miss time if he if he's able to go, he's going to get hurt a little bit. So you need somebody back there over Christian with him. I I don't know. And there's and a lot of, up there in age. There's a lot of holes to fill. But, but with a lot of holes to fill, then you, you can truly go best player available in every spot in the draft. I honestly and think that should be okay. Are, are, but that's also not a good thing that there's a lot of holes. We are not close. I mean, Bruce has said it, that we're close. I don't think we're close. I don't think we're anywhere near close. I think there's a lot of holes to fill. I still think there are pretty much zero playmakers on offense. Uh, we can try to count Geist, but we haven't even seen him in the pros. Um 
you, you can maybe say AP, but he's not even guaranteed to be back. Jordan I mean, you're right. There's, a, there's no playmakers. Jordan Reed's not a playmaker. Um, no. Paul Richardson um, was never really a, a deep, like a, a big wide receiver threat. Even so, Chris Thompson last year wasn't really giving you too much. No, he's he's so, not. He's not a. He, I guess he would be the closest. So then the you threat. you were saying earlier. It looks the reports are that the Redskins are going to do defense on free agency and then everything else in draft. Is that what you're seeing? Uh, that's that's what I saw from a tweet from JP Finley um, that he asked the Redskins front office uh, person if they were looking at I think it was Antonio Brown or or Le'Veon Bell, someone on offense. And the response was, does he play defense? That makes me makes it sound like they're really trying to revamp the defense, which in theory is a good idea. Let's make the strength of our team even stronger and rely on our defense, and then just let's just have an average offense that can not turn the ball over, you know, ground and pound, run the ball, um, and, and kind of see where that goes. But in today's in today's NFL, I don't know if that's a the so philosophy, or if, that's a, a winning combination. If you look at it in a one-year window, it's awful. If you look at it in a two-year window, shoring up your defense now, and then essentially next year, you're either going to have a high draft pick for a, a better quote-unquote quarterback draft class, or you potentially have Alex Smith. None of us think that's going to happen. Um, and you can maybe have a little bit more money reserved for a blue-chip stellar offensive player next year. So I think if you look at it at a two-year window, which I think is happening from the front offense, it makes sense that we're kind of shoring up the defense now uh, and trimming the fat on offense, right? So you're going to restructure Vernon and or drop him. You already got rid of Crowder. Um, You're probably going to restructure Norman and or drop him. And you're, you're going to try to trim the fat as much as you can. Um, so two-year window to me looks like the, the, the plan of attack. Not necessarily a tank, um, but essentially a, it's like a gentleman's tank. Is, is, it looks like what the Redskins are doing right now. Is that, does that kind of Yeah, but I, I don't agree with it because I think if you get a few playmakers on offense, even with a Case Keenum, give them some weapons and let's see what this, this offense can do. What we know for sure is that a Jay Gruden offense, it's, it's not super complex. He doesn't need you know, a Tom Brady to run his offense. He did it with Kirk Cousins. Alex Smith, in a sense, did it too. And then we even saw a little bit of Josh Johnson do it. right? So you don't need someone who's going to carry the team on their back at quarterback. You just need some playmakers around them. And right now, we don't have those playmakers around them. I think you you bring in like one two. Uh, let's say you bring in a, a high draft pick at receiver, who can be a game changer, um, and then you you bring back AP and you have guys, and you shore up that offensive line. I don't see why you couldn't be able to move the ball. I don't see why you couldn't be able to put up points, even with I, the case. I team. think that's th- that's definitely where Gruden is going to shine. Right? Is it's going to be finding a way to get those chunk plays or the efficiency with essentially. Nobody back there to do it for him. That's where he shines for sure. Um, but what, where they don't shine is finding receivers and picking receivers. I mean, we haven't really had anybody who's been semi decent since the Deshaun and Pierre thousand yard back to, uh, thousand yard Deshaun, season. Deshaun went back to Philly. That's to me, that's hilarious. 
That's not shocking. I think he always wanted to be in Philly. I don't think he ever wanted to leave. Do you know how annoying it is that all those Philly fans that didn't burn or destroy the Deshaun <laughs> Jackson jersey just get to wear it again? Like, that's never happened to me with a Redskins jersey. I can't, I can't buy Redskins player jerseys because once you leave the Redskins, you are never coming back to the Redskins. Yeah, Ryan Grant. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, but I don't know if they have any jerseys out there for him. Who buys a Ryan Grant jersey? Come on. I don't even think they make them. No. So what would, else? You, would you welcome Ryan Grant back? No. I don't know. I'm desperate for, no, I'm, for like, someone like, on, on offense. Go go do anything else except getting another fake Redskins receiver back in here. Like don't don't give me that garbage. But let's let's go around the league. Let's discuss some of the other big things that happened. We gotta talk about Antonio Brown. I mean, oh, so, yeah. so he was he was traded to Buffalo. He essentially was traded to Buffalo. He went on Instagram and said fake news. And yeah, Buffalo not. ownership then said, well, if he doesn't want to play for us, why are we trading for him? And essentially backed out of the deal. Um, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure Buffalo gave Pittsburgh more than what um, Oakland did. Oakland did. Um, but he essentially chose his own destiny. Um, which I can't. For a player who sat out of a game last year, left his team, his teammates, and didn't play, and then. You know, demanded the trade. I, I can't respect someone who has handled that situation that poorly. He just sounds like a millennial, spoiled little brat who, you know, wants to wants things to go his way or he doesn't want to play. I mean, and, and if you actually think about it, that's pretty much exactly what Le'Veon Bell did as well. And well, I think he not, shot no. Himself, but. I, I, think, I think Antonio Brown took the diva route. I can respect, essentially, looking back on what Le'Veon Bell did because the Steelers were looking out for the Steelers and Bell was looking out for Bell. And Bell made it very clear what he wanted and the Steelers refused to do it. And he knew his his years were numbered being a running back. So, And he, he went about it. At the time, it seemed kind of obnoxious. But now, like, he didn't abandon his team. He didn't, like, sit out and huff well, and puff well, in social just, media. It just makes like, him seem better because he did better than Antonio Brown. Well, I mean, well, yeah, but that's what that's the world we're dealing in today. And Le'Veon Bell now, it looks like the Jets are probably going to take him. It's either between them or the Ravens. Hilarious if he goes to the Ravens. Um, that's just a giant middle finger to the Steelers. But I, I think the, are the Colts still in it, or have they backed out? I think I think right now the the race is between the Jets and the Ravens. Hopefully, this ages well and he goes to the Jets. But. Um, I have more respect for what Bell did than for Brown. And then speaking of the Ravens, I think this is the like the first time since like 1996 or whenever they went back to Baltimore that they're going to have a defense without Ray Lewis, Suggs, Ed Reed, and I want to say somebody else. I forgot who. But it's essentially the end of an CJ era. Mosley? I guess so, yeah. It's essentially the end of the, an era for a Ravens defense that's always ranked Top five. I mean, they were ranked number one last year, and, and it's everybody's leaving. Nobody wants to be in Baltimore anymore, or they're just clearing house trying to make room for them to become an offensive powerhouse, I guess, which is weird to think of Baltimore that way. Yeah, they, they won't be because uh, that QB, Lamar oh, what's his name? Lamar Jackson? Uh, RG3's younger brother. Yeah. He, he's not uh, – he's not – He's not the, the real deal. Well, and then you got RG three tweets. <laughs> what a what a joke. <laughs> He's a Redskins beat reporter now. 
Did he actually think that the, the fans wanted him back? I mean, you have to be delusional to actually think that the fans here want you back. The, uh, at least the majority. That, that would be like Subway wanting Jared back at this point. Like, there's just no <laughs> way it's going to happen. Maybe you should check your Twitter on G3 because uh, I don't think that's the case. But, you know, whatever. You do you. So, um, it's been, I guess it's been 24 hours and 18 minutes since the start of free agency. What, which teams have stuck out to you most? Uh, the biggest to me is a team that you don't actually see make any moves in free agency. And that would be the Green Bay Packers. So they've been making a little bit of splash moves, especially when they um, they 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 brought in some some defensive powerhouses, including one of our very own. Um, I'm that's to me that's going to be the most curious team going into this year, is what they what the new look Packers do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean Preston Smith, they they paid him a lot of money. Um, they brought in a, a safety, Adrian Amos, from the Bears. Paying, so yeah, the, from the Bears, they're paying him nine million a year. Actually, what is it? Four years, thirty-six million. So they gave him a good chunk of change. Um, they brought in a guard at four years, twenty-eight million. Billy Turner. Uh, let's see what else they brought in. I think that's it. But they've done they've done some stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued to see what Oakland is going to look like and what uh, how soon Papa Gruden can turn that franchise around. They brought in that, that, that huge left tackle from New England, and they paid him a buttload of money. Um, of obviously, Antonio Brown. They were rumored for the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. I don't know. Well, isn't, you, you, you said it the other day. The crazy thing is Papa Gruden essentially took – Amari Cooper and traded him for a first round pick and Antonio Brown. In yeah. essence. Yeah. That's insane. That like if really you look is. at it that way, like maybe Gruden does knows know what he's, what knows he's, he's doing. doing. Well, it's also Mike Mayock who's running that team. Oh, he's um, playing straight up fantasy football at this point. But hey, it might work. I mean, if you actually think about it, they they have a, a very stable quarterback there. They brought in a number one a true number one receiver. Who's probably top five in the league at worst? Um, you know they bring in if they bring in a, a running back and they shore up some holes on defense. Why wouldn't they be a contender? I don't know if I would call teary-eyed Derek Carr a stable quarterback, but he's capable. I would take him over the Nick Foles like the Jags did. I think Nick Foles is fake and he's a system quarterback, and everyone's going to realize that swinging yeah, Richard Foles isn't really. That good, <laughs> but if, if they if they implement that same system that Philly did, um, he could be serviceable. I mean, we can all agree he's an upgrade from Blake Portals. That's for sure, right? Uh, there's yeah. no question. There's no yeah. question. He's better than Blake. Blake Bortles was horrible. Does, but um, does any of this really matter? Because you're essentially going to have the Patriots somehow making it far next year. The Chiefs making it far next year. Uh, the Saints making it far next year. I mean, they they lost. They're gonna lose Ingram. They brought in Latavius Murray. I mean, I I don't see the powerhouses that we saw this year or this last season changing. Or like, I don't see a shifting of guards or whatever. They're they're still gonna be the same playoff bigs. Yeah, I mean, well, one team that's gonna fly under the radar is Cleveland, bringing in Kareem Hunt. Joe's team. 
essentially paying him nothing. Um, I mean, they they pretty much did what the Redskins did, but they let the things settle first, right? They let the dust settle, um, and then they bring him in. It'll be interesting to see what Goodell does with suspensions for both him and Ruben Foster. Well, it's not um, just it's not just Kareem Hunt, right? The Browns took Sheldon Richardson. They took uh, what's his face from the Giants, Olivier Vernon. Like they that's a mean front on the defense right now. Yeah, the the that, GM that, has overhauled the the, the uh, Joe may be right roster. about about preferring to be a Browns fan over a Redskins fan because that franchise looks like they're turning around quick. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely say that you line up the two rosters, you take the name off, you take the name of the team off. I think ten out of ten people would pick the Browns roster. Yeah, it's a clear choice which team you'd rather have. Yeah, crazy, and. We're stuck here in seven and seven land, seven and nine land. Yeah, somehow we're close, according to Bruce. That's all that matters. Do you give Bruce any credit for how the offseason has gone? I give Eric Schaefer credit, and I give Bruce credit for having smart people around him until they step on his ego and get fired. Mm, That's true. (laughs) But Schaefer's been here for 20 years, so I. Somehow they've managed to work that out. Yeah. If um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's enough Redskins talk. I think I think the show's basically wrapped up. Everyone watch the Caps tonight. Seven game win streak. We're playing the Penguins, our rivals. Winner of this game, the last matchup between Caps and Pens over the last two years, has gone on to win the Stanley Cup. Fun fact. So hopefully the Caps win tonight. I just jinx us. The the jinx is over. We are defeated. The curse. No, no, no. Um, I just, I just cursed us. I apologize to all listeners tomorrow that I cursed the caps. Uh, FP is responsible for that. Do you want to put out your phone number in case people <laughs> want to text you? No, I'm, I'm good. You all can just hit me up on Twitter since I never check it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, first 24 hours of free agency is done. Uh, I'm sure there will be many more moves to come. Hopefully, for the Redskins, there are many more moves to come. Um, we shall see, and we will be back on the pod. Be sure to check out all our content on DefeatingTheCurse.com, on Twitter at DefeatTheCurse, on Instagram at DefeatingTheCurse, and on all uh, uh, podcast app. It has been fun, FP. We will talk soon. We are out.